Hello and welcome to episode eight of the Mashup MBA podcast with Ken and James. As always, with me is my wonderful co-host Ken, and my name is James. Bonjour, bonjour. That's uh, bonjour in French. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's all the French I know as well. I don't, I don't know. I can't yeah. speak for you, but but uh, that's all I know. That's that's about the extent of my vocabulary too. That's just the honorary French because uh, we know we're both Canadian, and right now Montreal Canadiens are in the Stanley Cup Finals. They're about to get swept, probably. <laughs> I was going to、uh, say yeah. yay, but、uh, yay. I, I guess it's not looking good. <laughs> so, guys, I've been list. I've been.、Uh, we've been tracking our、uh, podcast listening stats. Okay, so whoever's listening to this, share this podcast. Share it. Share it. Okay, that's right. And if we get to, and if we get to, this is a very modest number. Okay, if we get to 100 plays, as in the 100 people listening, right, at some point, whoever, right, throughout this particular episode, episode eight, I'm putting this out there, right. I'm gonna, we're gonna do a lucky draw, right,、uh, lucky draw, lucky raffle draw, random draw, right, in one of the group chats, and I'll buy you like a a nice NBA Top Shot moment, right. At a to be determined amount, okay. And I actually got lucky on some、uh, NBA on some NBA moments ready in Top Shot. So, and hey, these are investments, okay. So, fucking share this podcast and let's get to 100 plays. And I will then create a draw to our dedicated fan base. Right, one lucky winner will get a nice gift from me. I will buy you a really decent NBA Top Shot moment. Yeah, good old Canada, right? A lot of、uh, a lot of excitement in the in the world of sports for Canada, and then you know, buttressed by disappointment, which、uh, is、uh, you know, kind of related to our first topic, which is what James, which is Canada basketball. So、mm. I feel like we would be amiss if we did not briefly touch on Canada basketball, namely what had just happened this week with the Olympic qualifiers. I guess the Olympics、mm. was supposed to happen last year, but because of COVID, it's now this year, and、uh, in Japan, I think. And、uh, yes, yeah,、Tokyo. what, yeah, what happened, Ken?、Uh, I, I almost don't want to say it, but、uh, give me your thoughts first, because、uh, you shared、uh, the YouTube vids in the channel. So give me some of your like re- you know rapid fire thoughts. Right. So just just for the listeners, so this is a qualifier for the for the Olympics, and it's a single elimination tournament. Canada Team Canada, I believe they beat they the Greeks to... in the first、uh, in the first game,、yeah. and、uh, they played. I think somebody else. Oh, they they beat China,、uh, and Whoop-dee-doo. then whoop de do, whoop de do, you know. Whoop de do! Yeah, I know、uh, people in China day, were really hyped about do, that before the they, game. They have to, and then essentially they had to win out, win out in the tournament. They had to win、yes. the whole tournament in order to qualify for the Olympics, which Canada has not done、uh, in a while since like Steve Nash days. And you know, for all you U.S. American listeners, I know you don't give a shit because you guys are going to win anyway. It's a foregone conclusion with like Kevin Durant, Dame Lillard, you know, you name it, right? But for Canada, you know, us Canadians, man, we're、too. just we're just、yeah. scraping by. Like we're just, you know, hey, we have. And what happened, just to be very specific, is that Canada lost the the third game in the qualifier against、uh, the Czech Republic, and、uh, it was a double overtime thriller. But unfortunately, in the end, the Canadians fell short and、uh, are out of the Olympic running or Olympic dreams. Basically, I don't think it was double overtime. You're talking about the you're talking about the referring to the semifinals, right? Not the group play. 
Or... Um, yeah, I might have got it mixed up, but the the one that I yeah, was yeah. tracking was uh, I thought that uh, Sadoransky hit like a, a key shot that uh, tied the game, but I could be wrong. Uh, he it was just one overtime. Uh, he hit it was the, one overtime. I think he hit the okay. game winner. I believe. Um, I could be wrong. I don't know, but like the most recent one was. He hit like a bank shot to essentially put them ahead with like one second left in overtime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Regardless, it's uh, uh, at least from my perspective, I think uh, I don't know, man. It's like you never really put a lot of expectations on Team Canada doing all that much, especially with the roster they had this year. But uh, it was still sort of like all the games seemed very winnable, kind of thing. And I know that even if Canada had made it into the Olympics, they would also have a a tough run at it, but, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, that's, that's my initial thoughts. How about, how about for you, Ken? Canada should have, should have won. They have more talent. Uh, if you look on the, at the Czech, uh, roster, they have two or one and a half NBA players like Tom, Tomas Sadoransky plays for the Bulls. He's a solid player. Uh, and then this other guy who used to be in the NBA, he, cause his name looks familiar. Jan Vasily. Um, Oh yeah. He played for the wizards, I believe. Mm, yeah, uh, but the guy who scored the most points on uh, Czech Republic was some dude named Blake Schlib or Schilb. Who cares? <laughs> the point is, I have my thoughts on the on the on this game because I I watched a bit of the highlights. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, one through twelve essentially, right? I mean, like Canada, they should have won. Like they have like a bunch of legit NBA players: Corey Joseph, Dwight Powell, Trey Lyles, R.J. Barrett. Wiggins, of course, uh, Lugens Dort. Conspicuously absent in my mind would be like Kelly Olynyk, Chris Boucher of the Raptors. There's a lot of good in- Canadian SGA, players. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, Shea Gilgis Alexander, yeah. uh, Jamal Murray, obviously, but because he's injured, you know, yep, you know, that's very bad. notable. Yeah, they have the best, um, uh, we have the best coach, you know. The best coach ever, Nick Nurse. No fucking, no fucking way. That's that's a total, uh, total fabrication, man. Total fabrication. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Okay, I shared this with you privately. Uh, I took some uh, photos of like some like the the stats uh, when I was watching the game. I like the research. This is just a this is just a signature a signature Nick Nurse team, where all they do is just fucking stand around the perimeter and huck up threes. You know, just like how he thought that the Raptors, that's how they could do it this year, right? Without yeah. the personnel, right? And then they were starting to make their comeback against the Czech. I mean, it was like attacking the paint or even mm-hmm. from the mid-range even, right? Exploiting the advantage, right? Andrew Wiggins is like, you know, he's got a good in-between game, right? He's not necessarily a good shooter from the outside, although that's how he tied the game in the fourth quarter. Sure. But, you know, just going, I mean, when I'm looking at this, right? In the fourth quarter with eight minutes left, right? Uh, Czech is on top of Canada, 72 to 62 by 10 points. Okay. And at that point, Canada was four for 23 from the three point line, an abysmal 17%, right? This is a fucking signature Nick nurse team. And then near the end of the fourth, right. With like, you know, I mean, essentially like they, okay. At the end of regulation, there was, there were what? Seven for 33 from three, you know? And that's just, you know, like fucking Nick Nurse, just always, you know, 
telling the team, hey, man, yeah, just shoot threes, right? Just whip it around. Like, come on, man. Just as Charles Barkley says, right? Stop be, stop playing dumb and, you know, just play to your strengths, right? Yeah. I mean, when I look up and down that roster for the Canadian team, like, I don't see if you just, you know, based off of reputation in the NBA, no one's like a knockout, like a knockout, knockdown, like fucking killer from a three-point line, Yeah, you know? And so, oh, and here's another thing that, that uh, was funny to me. Because uh, in one of the timeouts, when the camera was panning towards the, the coach's bench on Canada, guess who Nick Nurse brings on? His good old buddy, Nate Bjorkin, right? The, the former Indiana's, Indiana Pacers coach just got fired, right? Trying to salvage this, like, loser, you know, and trying to get him some exposure on the international <laughs> stage, you know? And then the players were probably just like, what the fuck, dude? Fuck you, right? We don't want to be assistant coached by you. Nick Nurse is bringing back the retreads, you know. What Canada basketball should be doing is bringing Dwayne Casey back into the country. And uh, <laughs> you know? God damn. All man. roads lead to Dwayne Casey. Yeah. And then we'll have Tyron Lue, you know, uh, become, a, uh, you know, a Canadian or something. And it, it'll all be good. Yeah. But you made a good point about the threes. Like, I think, I think any time a team shoots like that, it's a combination of, like, just them misfiring like because Canada did not shoot well from beyond the arc mm. and also just sort of like falling into that trap because I'm sure if I were like the Czech Republic I'd be like yeah let's just the only way we're going to win this game is if Canada misfires from outside because they have players that can just body us right like who's going to stop like I some of the highlights I saw like Bear which is getting in the lane I, I heard I read a little bit that they try to take away his left hand his left drive so maybe that maybe they funneled him right but anyway you have guys like like Wiggins and Bear, who are like grown ass NBA players, right? They should just be taking these guys like inside the whole game, the whole game. I don't know how many free throws Canada shot, but it feels like they're maybe like settled for too many outside shots. And I, I think there were some calls that didn't go Canada's way, but I don't like to make excuses. Like when yeah. you go like, what is it like seven they're... for like 33 in the yeah. uh, from three? Like, they you finished the game. Up, you know? They finished the game nine for thirty-seven from three uh, oh, for twenty-four percent. Okay. Yeah. Uh, although I will say this though, right? Like uh, you know, during clutch moments, they did try to attack the basket, and then mm -hmm. but then they got they were getting blocked actually by some of the Czech bigs. Yeah. So if you look up and down the roster here, right, in terms of like big men, you know, I mean, it was like nobody, man. Like you know, Anthony Bennett, Anthony Bus Bennett doesn't count. Uh, Dwight Powell's legit big, you know, mm -hmm. and then they had former NBA player Andrew Nicholson. Mm -hmm. uh, he used to play for the Orlando Magic. Um, yeah. I forgot what other teams. But other than that, yeah, like the roster, it was clearly like small ball oriented. But again, you look up and down the roster, it's not as if anyone was like a knockdown, dead eye, like, you know, Duncan Robinson type three point shooter. And yeah. Yeah. So combining Nick Nurse with Nate Bjorkin, right? Fuck, man. It's, the what the fuck you doing, right? Yeah. And furthermore, um, so the Czech, they they shot. Okay, so a couple more stats. They did show in one of the tickers, right? Like during the tournament, prior to this game, they, uh, you know, Canada was shooting what thirty-five to thirty-nine percent from three. Uh, so they were shooting a decent clip. But again, like, come on, you're playing as fucking scrubs, whoever it may be, right? Like China, that doesn't count. Of course, so knock down threes and inflate your percentage that way. Um, the Czech uh, in this semifinal game, they shot, uh, yeah, forty-six percent from three. And when I look at you know some of the the film, right, 
the defense was horrible. You know, a lot of the threes that the check shot, the check shot were just like wide open, right? Mm-hmm. Or missed rotations or just horrible closeouts. Yeah, closeouts, closeouts are pretty right? bad. Yeah. Right. So it's interesting too because like Nick Nurse is supposed to kind of made his name on defense, right? And he stole team, the playbook roster... from Dwayne Casey, man. He stole it from Dwayne Casey. <laughs> okay, he might have stolen it from Casey, but regardless, <laughs> like Canada's supposed to be the identity this year was supposed to be like, okay, we're a defensive team. But uh, I don't know if it's like the personnel or just not gelling. Because one thing you said at the beginning, Ken, which uh, I kind of disagree with is like, you know, they're more talented, so they should win. But the reality is that they just don't have chemistry. They haven't gelled like this. No, this no, Canada I, I roster like, no. just hasn't yeah. just hasn't even played together, you know, so. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Chemistry, familiarity, right, uh, is a big deal, especially even like on, say, defense or whatever, right, with regards to like communication. You know, and it leads to miscommunication, right? Like who's rotating, who's picking up or, you know, are we dropping back or we switch in, you know, all those things. Right. And then all like the, those like split, those are split second, split second decisions. Right. And so, you know, like knowing the language and stuff, right. In terms of like their internal basketball language, it counts. Right. And so you're absolutely right. The time to gel, the time to practice uh, is paramount here. And, but ultimately, you know, you're absolutely right. Right. Even if they did qualify to the Olympics, um, I forgot who they would they would have been lumped into like the, the same group with the US I, I believe. So yeah. It would have been just like so it would have been nice it would have been cool to see, right? But at the end of the day like yeah. I mean hey, it's just like a, a moment of pride right for Canada. Yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of Canada, so I'm streaming uh the cup right now in the background, Stanley Cup hockey and then Montreal just scored. So they're nice. up to one right now. They have a chance to survive and not get swept with 8 minutes left. Let's see if they can pull it through. Okay. Go Let's uh, keep track on that. There is a couple more things about international basketball since we're on that topic, right? Sure. Which we discussed before. Luca, right? Hey, man, he didn't have he didn't he didn't have any time off either. He was playing in the playoffs, and he was just like a beast, right? And then just like got a triple double against Lithuania, and just was his normal dominant self, right? To propel Slovenia to their like first Olympic berth in I don't know whoever knows, right? They got some players on that team like Goran Dragic as well too. Um, and one thing that, that I got pissed off of, which I shared with you, was reading about Germany qualifying for the Olympics. Ah, yes, yeah. We got and then Dennis that. fucking Schroeder, right? You know, Lakers bum, right? He's your not a favorite, Laker, right? Your favorite Laker. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, they qualified. <laughs> I think I want to play for the team now, guys. Fuck you know? no. Get off the team, <laughs> yeah. you bandwagoner. Yeah. The, I mean, I know there's more of a backstory to it. Yeah. I'm just, you know, ranting at this point. By the way, you should be happy that your boy JV is uh, leading Lithuania or whatever, right? They're uh, they're also doing some stuff, I, I believe. They could be uh, making a run this year. I'm not sure if they qualified or not because they lost to Slovenia. I'm not sure if that okay, was... Okay, well, uh, then JV sucks. All right, never mind. No, but they're led by they're led by DeMontis uh, Sabonis now, man. You know? So. That's, that's insane. You have like JV and Sabonis. Yeah. Like, they should be able to do some stuff, right? I but guess this, it's a team this day sport. and age, right? The no, I mean the game has changed where it's more perimeter oriented now. And so yeah, Sabonis can stroke is, threes, baby. I'm pretty sure that's not the 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 design of the offense is to have the big man in you know not exploit your strength hey man, and just hang modern, out with the three point modern line. Modern basketball, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just NBA basketball. The best players just let them take thirty shots. You know, forget Fuck. teamwork. 
Tampa Bay just tied it. I'm sorry. In the back. All right. So, one, yeah, one game for uh, two, 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 two. Yeah. Okay. Six minutes left. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Montreal. They might riot now. Uh, right. So anyway, they rioted when they qualified for the playoffs. I mean, for the Stanley cup. I mean, like who does that? Right. In victory, right. You riot and destroy your yeah. city. It must be really hungry. Eliminated. Yeah. Jesus, man. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. Shall wow. we? So the next big news, next big news uh, in the basketball world is tomorrow's going to be game one of the NBA Finals between the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. Who forecasted this? Who picked this in their bracket? Not us. We, <laughs> you yeah. and I definitely didn't. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, uh, don't reveal that because you and I, we still have to be, you know, we still have to give off the impression that we're experts and non-casuals. So. No, no, I, I believe that we're experts. I don't care whatever happens like this playoffs. Like I will, I will, I will bet. I will continue to bet whatever it takes every year because I know that our superior knowledge will win out over time. So I'm not worried. <laughs> Me neither. If anything, worse comes to worse, all I'll do is just like yell over someone, you know, that's how I exert my dominance. So exactly. That's what I'll do. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you want to, yeah. how do you want to start this finals preview? Uh, well, whatever comes to mind prediction, what's your prediction? Uh, Let's actually, let's do the predictions after we go through like the, uh, the X's and O's and the coaches and the players and stuff. Cause that makes more sense. I think. Okay. So you're doing it. Kenny Smith style. That's what he does. Uh, I, is it Kenny Smith style? I I guess. Yeah. I I don't even like Kenny Smith or any of the TNT people. I mean, uh, they always I love that show. So maybe that's why you and I get along because we're just like a dichotomy of, uh, of preferences. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know. Okay, so okay, finals preview matchups or and or analysis. Uh, let's look at the guard matchup or right? the backcourt. Well, first of all, like okay, yeah, it's hard to say, right? Because uh, you know the the status of Giannis also affects like predictions, in my opinion. Um, or, you know, as you said, does it even matter? Okay. Chris Paul versus Drew Holiday in the, in the other backcourt. Devin Booker versus, I don't even know who's like the, would be considered the shooting guard for the Bucks. That's a number of people. I mean, we could go down the roster. They have okay, a let's, pretty... let's actually, let's actually talk through this. So if, if Giannis does not play, starting lineup would be Drew, Middleton, uh, Lopez. Uh, they did start Bobby Portis one game against the Hawks. Uh, They're probably more probably. likely to start Tucker, right? Yeah. Or I'm not sure if uh, Pat Connaughton ever started. I that. I think there's a world where he could get major minutes. He already has been getting major minutes. So let's see here. Yeah. Like Connaughton. No, no, no. So it was Middleton. It was Middleton, Holiday, we have, Lopez, we have Portis, Forbes. and Tucker. Uh, Bryn Forbes, who is not going to be a starter, is going to be challenged defensively. Let's just put it that yeah. way. Uh, we have Jeff Teague as well, who uh, actually had a reasonable uh, game. Yeah, he, six, had a good, uh, he had a good stat line. He had a good stat line. You know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's really like the guard play is going to be huge here. So, how do you want to approach this? Like, you want to talk about it from the Milwaukee side or the Phoenix side? I'm just going to say what comes to mind. I mean, I think sure. the Suns have the advantage here. I mean, Chris Paul, he's not injured anymore, right? Uh, he had 41 points in the, in the closeout game. Uh, he's back to his own self, like the king of the inside game, right? The mid, like the in-between, right? With the mid-range, he's yep. unstoppable. Devin Booker, he's like, I'm not playing with no mask anymore. He's going to be he's gonna be a problem. Uh, I haven't seen Drew yet, really. 
I haven't seen like that Batman type, you know, Drew Holiday, right? And fine. When you, with no Giannis in the lineup, then yeah, you get to be more aggressive. And then you're playing against the hobbled Atlanta backcourt, right? He was, um, uh, I got to I gotta defend Drew Holiday a little bit here. So okay. the, the last series versus the Hawks, he actually was big time, right? In yeah. uh, games five and six, when they, they closed the series, uh, obviously that was without Giannis. So Holiday and Middleton have to, had to, uh, do a lot of heavy lifting, but in games five and six, Holiday averaged, uh, check the stat line, all right? He averaged 26 points, 7.5 rebounds, and 11 assists per game in those two games. So, you mean in games uh, five and six? Five and six? Yeah. Yeah. So, he had, uh, he had yeah. some more disappointing shooting games, uh, the previous series, uh, before the Hawks, and also like for games one and four, he didn't do so well, but uh, he seems to be. He seems to be firing on all cylinders right now. So uh, I, I would I, I would not put him like above Chris Paul in this kind of matchup. Uh, and I think he might have to do a lot. Some of the play a little bit of combo guard on defense. Like he probably has to guard Paul sometimes. He has to guard Booker yeah. sometimes. Like he's going to have to do a lot. Uh, I think I think I think fatigue and uh, minutes will be a factor, too. Right. Well, at this time of year and plus you're a professional NBA athlete who's getting paid. What is he getting paid? Two hundred million dollars a year. I mean, not not a year, like two, like his contract is like two, close to two hundred million. I'm sure. Uh, there's no excuse. I mean, you're just gonna play the whole fucking game, and then you're in the finals now. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, athletically and for size, right? Someone who is who is able to guard like one through five, as they say. Sometimes they even put him on LeBron. Do you think he'll be a problem for Chris Paul? I think. Uh, I think he could be. So here's the thing, right? Um, People always say Drew Holiday is like an excellent defender, and I would say that for the most part he is. But like sometimes you, there, there's sometimes like the eye test doesn't really pan out for me. Like um, who is that guy in Houston who dropped like fifty or sixty this 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 uh Kevin, this, Kevin Porter Jr. Kevin Porter Jr. Right? So he did he dropped that against Drew Holiday, right? Like mm. I remember, they played the Bucks. You see, so. that's why you and I are not casuals, by the way, because we we just are able to spit that out instantly, right? That type of knowledge instantly. I don't just, know about I instantly. Wanna, I like, I've up. been thinking about Drew Holiday for a long time, and you know, no, no, no. no I'm talking about Kevin Porter Jr. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I mean, yeah. not to be confused <laughs> with um, you know the, uh, Michael, the Porter Porter, Michael Porter Jr. in Denver. Yeah. Um, but like, I here's the thing, right? I, I first of all, I don't think people play that hard in a regular series, so I don't, I don't yeah, really sure. like begrudge uh, <gasps> Holiday. Mm -hmm. uh for doing that and uh but yeah, plus you know, against the rockets the worst team in the league so yeah who cares yeah <laughs> yeah but i i think i think it will be i think it'll i think chris paul will be a handful it's more about whether or not chris paul will be healthy um and i know we're gonna like ju we're jumping topics but like the other thing is that milwaukee's defensive scheme doesn't really try to stop the mid-range like they'll drop back on on d and they'll like fight over the pick so i i i don't think budenhoser is gonna adjust um you know, really, he doesn't adjust. Period. As a coach, so I don't. I don't really. He think did actually. He did though. I mean, after the game one uh, against the Hawks, right? Because in the pick and roll, the high pick and roll, right? He had like the, you know, the screener, the guy who was defending the screener, right? Like, or for example, Brooke Lopez. They're basically giving up the three because they're just dropping too deep uh, into the paint. Yeah. So, you know, in games two and three, uh, you know, they got up higher to challenge uh, Trey on all of his floaters or whatever threes a little bit. So, mm -hmm. you know, from a defensive standpoint, I think, you know, as long as if Giannis is healthy and is able to play, which I think he will be because mm -hmm. 
he was able to walk off on his own strength after the injury. And he's a freak of nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from that standpoint, I think, uh, yeah, the Suns, I mean, I'm sorry, the Bucks, from a defensive standpoint, could be a monster. It's just, it just, you know, Budenholzer, yeah. Budenholzer has to have the right strategy, yeah. uh, defensive schemes in place. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about how how are the Bucks going to stop the 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 Suns on on the Suns' offense, but like it's also going to be very hard just uh, scoring against the Suns because the Suns have a really good. They're one of the best defensive teams, right, in the postseason and in the regular season. Like <sighs> they have so many interchangeable pieces. Like Devin Booker is no slouch on on D. He almost kind of reminds me of like Clay Thompson. Like he tries hard, right? He fights over stuff. Uh, Chris Paul is like a master flop artist. So it's like, he can always get calls like <laughs> in his favor and stuff. It's just like experience. Right. I'm not hating the player. I just hate the game. Right. It's just like, uh, <laughs> like I, I, so for maybe for different reasons, I, I feel like than you, but I still agree with the same conclusion as you, which is like, I think, I think Phoenix like has the advantage in the backcourt. Right. Um, we, we also need to talk a bit about campaign who I think is going to be like back healthy for, this series, right? He's sort of like uh, oh, I can't believe you're talking. I mean, we're talking. Hey, man, fucking Cameron fucking Payne is going to be an X factor in the series. Are you kidding I, me? Holy he smokes. definitely will be an X factor. All these X Bulls players, I, I'm just totally crushed. Like they leave the Bulls and they end up becoming decent NBA players. It's I think just you're uh, insane. I think you're insane. Something <laughs> happened to campaign. Like he went to yeah. China. He rejuvenated his career. Uh, whatever he and Reggie Jackson did, like it, it worked this season, right? Can I just like, say that the fact that we're talking about Cameron fucking Payne just goes to show the the, the you know how this NBA playoffs has progressed? Okay, yeah. I'm in total disagreement with like uh, not total, but disagreement with a lot of your analysis just now. Like, come on, Chris Paul, Devin Booker being known as, known as defensive stoppers. Give me a break. And then Cameron Payne's going to make a difference on the backcourt. You, you, you're insane. Okay. Um, yeah, from that standpoint. But I will say this, though. Like, so, yeah, like, okay, can the can the Suns stop? Oh, and for, okay, yeah. So, earlier you were saying, yeah, the Suns can also stop the Bucks in offense. Well, I'm going to put a thought out there, which, you know, I know that might be unpopular in the group chat or whatever it may be. But, dude, man, the Suns just had the easiest road to the finals here playing against uh an injury oh no AD. you're gonna make this argument now right Where, hell yeah like, this is hell the yeah. worst finals team uh in oh no i'm just saying i'm just saying okay when when people get when people put an asterisk on the toronto raptors winning the championship because kd got injured and then eventually clay come on look at the suns here if lebron if both lebron and ad were at full strength it, it, it's done it's done Okay, dude, that's some then, casual ass shit. All right, nobody no, ever. No, 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 I never no, put no, an no. asterisk on any team. Like when the Raptors no, no, win no, the no, fi- no. when the the playoffs and win the title, I'm like, they deserve that shit. All right. No, 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 no. I mean, no hell, hell yeah, the Raptors deserve to win that. That was just like you know they were a good fucking team. And even if Katie was there, yeah. I, in my opinion, I, I, mean, I know you know this, you know, but let me just repeat it yeah. for listeners. Like every playoff run, you need to get super fucking lucky and you need to have injuries not happen to you and injuries happen to the other teams. And I don't think you can really like put an asterisk on any team that makes it to the finals or wins the title for that reason. Except for the Phoenix Suns, because come on, <laughs> no, 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 come on. No Anthony Davis, right? 
They were fucking toy. They were destroying them, right? The Lakers were up two one. I know. Chris Paul had one arm at that point, right? And then okay, yeah. And then the second series, right, against the Nuggets. Okay, credit to the Suns, right? It's a clean yep. sweep, but no Jamal Murray. And I talked about this in previous episodes. I thought, oh, maybe they'll play better without Murray, in which they were during the break of season. Okay, I was, I was, I was a moron. They miss Jamal Murray, right? When you have bonehead Michael Porter Jr. as your second option, and then Aaron fucking, you know, slam dunk contest runner up, Gordon, right? As your third dumbass option, you know, like, ah, it's just, I felt bad for Jokic, right? And then it was on, less you, about you, that and the fact that they had to rely on Austin Rivers, all right? Exactly, right? You, you telling me that's not luck? And then when it came to the, the conference finals, no Kawhi, are you telling me that? You know, even with Kawhi, right? Hey, the man, the Clippers made it a very competitive series without Kawhi. Like, That's I right. watched all the games, man. It was very, it was very close. It was very close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, what if Kawhi was playing? I actually don't know if that would have been like sure. I mean, yeah, okay. If you go by the theory, who the most stop, talent wins. Who would the stop series. Kawhi? Who would stop Kawhi? And then, and then, who would Kawhi stop? Oh, you could definitely, you know, from you a plus minus perspective, a guys, come yeah. on, man. From a net perspective, Kawhi would make a difference on deep defensively, right? Okay, Kawhi, they would have won the series uh, with Kawhi. I'm yeah. just saying that even, as a even fan, Zubac, even Zubac uh, got injured eventually. Yes, and, okay, it actually, now was, grasping, it actually was am, a big X factor yeah, that he was. Out I'm grasping at straws when I'm trying to, you know, evoke the name, Eva, you know, Vicha Zubac to help me with my argument here, but. Come on. No, Are that's a legit that, argument. You know, but the Suns here, okay? They're playing against Dennis fucking Schroeder. You know, he can go fuck himself and go play back in the German league, right? Um, you know, Nuggets. Uh, I think the Suns still would have beaten the Nuggets even with Jamal Murray, actually. Mm-hmm. But it would have been tougher. It would have been a sweep. Mm-hmm. But come on. Like, the way how dominant Kawhi was to will them back against the Jazz, you're telling me the Suns would have beat them. Peter Kawhi, like a Clippers team with Kawhi. No, no. Yeah. So, okay. And then now, if Giannis doesn't come back healthy, are you, what? How can this not be the most fortuitous playoff finals run ever for a franchise? Right. I, I have to go back and look at it, but it doesn't. It doesn't feel like the most fortuitous. Like, I don't know. It's like I have to give credit where credit is due. Sure. I mean, all these things, I don't disagree with you. Well, what I'm saying is this. Okay. Well, okay. I agree with you on one, one, you know, credit where credit is due. Yeah. The Suns did their job. They did what they were supposed to do, right? With the hand that they were given to them, they took care of business. So, you know, I mean, you got to do that, right? Uh, CP3 was a monster, especially in the closeout game, 41 points. Like you knew that, you know, like he was just on fire and unstoppable, right? There was no way for a Clippers comeback. Devin Booker, you know, had a lot, many great games, and he's he did, yeah. He's a, he's, he's he really proved stud. he really proved himself. I got to I have to say this. Uh-oh. I know that maybe they didn't have like as tough a road or whatever, but man, like he really proved that he could do some stuff in the playoffs. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton is shooting what 110 percent from the field. It's so, more like 200 percent, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, Cameron Payne has some good games. I can't believe I'm giving him credit. I can't believe, wow. yeah, I can't believe we're talking about Cam campaign in the right. NBA fucking finals. Like, this is not yeah. even like the Chinese Basketball Association finals or something. 
I hate Jay Crowder. I hate his ass, right? Uh, Jay Crowder but, has know, never made a three-pointer. Anytime I've watched was, him live, he has yeah. never, dude has never made a three. In but his he life. was able to, now he he gets the sort of last laugh after like LeBron just embarrassed him in front of the Lakers bench in one of those games. And then Andre Drummond was being a fucking clown, just mimicking LeBron on the sideline. Yeah. I'm not sure if you saw that highlight. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I Like I also, why don't we, why don't we go on to the, the forwards? Because uh, like that that's actually a good... Uh, we can continue looking at the matches. We, we're already starting to list a whole bunch of forwards, right? Like Jay Crowder, uh, Mikhail Bridges, who, uh, in my opinion, has a very punchable face. Like every time I look at him, he just looks like he's smirking. Like I just want to punch him. But uh, that's besides the he's point. He's happy, man. He's happy with life. So don't yeah, he's just happy. Right. He just kind of looks like he just he's the kind of guy who's like a, yeah. he just looks like an agitator. I don't know if he, he really knows is. he's gonna get. He knows he's gonna get paid, right? In his next contract negotiation. So yeah. So how do you feel about the forward? Happy. How do you feel about the forward matchups? I like the Bucks. I like the Bucks front court. Uh, I guess we can Giannis, talk like right? with and without Giannis, right? But uh... okay, well, obviously with Giannis, uh, I like them, right? Chris <laughs> like Middleton, him, yeah. Chris Middleton. Uh, you know, he's he stepped up big in the Atlanta series, right? He did what he had to do. Uh, PJ Tucker, I can't believe it. The Budenholzer says he's like the heart and soul of that team, right? You just signed him midseason, and now you're calling him the heart and soul of the team. But yeah, PJ Tucker is a. Uh, I would take him over Jay Crowder, that's for sure. Uh, especially with all his tattoos and those like big neck tattoos that he's got. Uh, whereas his Jay Crowder game. has like these fucking sleeves all the time, right? That's right. Uh, long sleeves Crowder, and then. Uh, but I will say this: so from a depth perspective, yeah, the Suns have a better bench than the Bucks. Yeah, I mean the Bucks have uh, Bobby Portis. They would call him Crazy Eyes in Milwaukee. That's Expo baby, Bobby Portis. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, the Bucks are just really thin, you know. And the fact that they had to play Thanasis, like uh, Giannis's brother, for, like a minute is just terrible. Like, uh, terrible. Yeah, I don't know why the guy's in the league. I mean, he's a good cheerleader, I guess. Yeah. Hey, man, he's just like the he's like the Bucks version of uh, the Milwaukee Bucks version of Jared Dudley, perhaps. Who knows, right? <laughs> I, Jared Dudley is the goat for like <laughs> for barely longevity. is on an for NBA longevity. roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then like. He goes on. He goes on the record saying, "Yeah, they need to bring me back. They know yeah. that I'm the heart and soul of the team, right?" Like I'm like, oh, I know he's coach. just so he he doesn't lack confidence. But uh, yeah, like like Chris Middleton. So you know how I you know how I mentioned like holidays averages for the last like games five and six. Uh, in the same game five and six versus the Hawks, Middleton averaged twenty nine points, eight point five boards, and seven point five assists. Like that's um, that's pretty good, right? And he also, no, absolutely. I agree with you. And also he had some moments, uh, whether it was in like the closeout game or uh, game five, was it? He was just unstoppable as well too, right? Yeah. He would go on his own personal 15 or 19 point scoring run. Make like four in a row, five in a row. Like, yeah. like I, I think he and uh, he and Drew Holiday have very good like uh, dynamic duel kind of thing going. Like mm-hmm. it's sort of like one person starts to cook. And then like when one person slows down, the other person starts cooking. Like that's how it looked like in, in games yeah. five and six. And they're going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting this series once again. But you know, what's so interesting though, actually um, after Giannis went down uh, with the injury, and of course, you know, you want to see him back, right? You want to see like, you know, full healthy lineups, but you know, that's the opportunity that Middleton, Holiday, and as well, Brooke Lopez, you know, needed to actually step up their games, right? Absolutely. And so middle, I mean, that's where Lopez just, you know, 
exerted his will, right? He's like the, by the way, he is like the Brooklyn Nets, the New Jersey Nets, like franchise leading scorer right now, actually in history. He will eventually, that's, I, I overheard that, that stat, Brooke Lopez, right? And so yeah. he had some crazy games, right? And like, like, whether it's like four, five, six, game one, you know, all the analysts were ripping him saying like, yeah, you're unplayable, right? Uh, after, you know, Trey Young just carved up that whole, you know, mm-hmm. it was just like scoring at will. And then Brooke Lopez then just, uh, you know, came back with a vengeance. And part of like, you know, the absence of Giannis kind of like, you know, unclogs the paint a little bit. And then that gives Brooke Lopez to go back to being a traditional big man as opposed to just hanging out with the three-point line. I think I think Giannis I think Giannis is a lot like uh, Kawhi because we were just talking about Kawhi, right? Like with Giannis, the team plays in totally different. But without Giannis, they actually have more of a distributed attack, right? More all around, yeah. It could be more. I mean, you can make that argument. All those right now, that's like a small sample size. I mean, but hey, Giannis is still a beast, right? And you know, in the closeout in Game Seven against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, you know, we're all talking about KD and his 49 points. Like Giannis had 41 points still. You know, he's a he's a monster. And so, you know, if he were to be 100% healthy, who would the Suns put on him to, to guard him? Jay Nobody. Crowder, give me a break, right? There's hardly anybody in the league, like let alone somebody on the Suns, right? Like that's the thing about Giannis too. I need to sing his praises for a second here. Like the difference between him and some mental weakling like Ben Simmons is that Giannis shoots free throws quite poorly but he's never afraid to get to the line like he'll just always be attacking and uh that's that's the thing man he's just aggressive and uh have you read anything about him like coming back or not for game one or game two uh from sources that you discredit and think are not legit right like the aggregator bleacher report right but uh i mean i in my opinion i feel like he's gonna come back because just one, he's walking fine, right? Okay, fine, but that's walking, right? Yeah. And then he, there's like, uh, he's like in these private gyms practicing and stuff. So this is like a once in a lifetime thing, right? He's going to come back. And plus he's, he's a freak try. of nature, right? Even after that gruesome injury, right? Where the, you saw, where, the, where the, you like, saw the injury, right? Or the replay. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. That was uh, insane. The replay. That was, that's a disgusting injury, right? Who would, no, no, no human, no normal person yeah. would just be walking off. Yeah. to the locker room after that injury, right? And that's Which he, he did. did. Yeah. That's what he did. He's just freaking real-life Superman just or Iron Man or whatever, right? So you think he's going to probably be back for uh, for the series? I think so. And because he's had, like, what, like a week of rest at least, right, yeah. or recovery? And plus, you know, in today's, like, modern-day sports science, medicine, uh, he will be 100%, but... You know, and I'm speaking authoritatively here, not not as if I'm an expert. That's just how I sound. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, like he's gonna. I mean, he's he's not gonna miss this, right? Like, yeah. This, you know, if anything, this would kind of okay. Now this makes me think back to 1999, Spurs against the Knicks in the finals. Oh, here we go. And Patrick Ewing, right? Yeah. You know, that makes you think, right? Like, oh, what if Patrick Ewing was healthy, right? But he wasn't. But then the go-to guy was like Marcus Camby still. Okay. Yep. But, uh, you know, against the Twin Towers, David Robinson and Tim Duncan, and they had the clear advantage. Yeah. Just like a what if, right? If Patrick Ewing was in there, right? And you didn't have to just rely on Marcus Camby, who was still relatively fresh in the league, right? Not like mm-hmm. not like a vet. And then I think they used uh, Kurt Thomas as well, too, mm-hmm. right? 
But at the end of the day, you know, Kurt Thomas is still like in like you know many inches shorter than. Yeah, he's a workhorse, but uh, he's not. He's not. He's not on that yeah. level. He yeah. doesn't. He's he's at a disadvantage against like you know some of the greatest big men of all time. Mm-hmm. So. Look at us, man, bringing back the 1999 knowledge. Hey, man, I was going to bring back 2000 Steve Nash leading Canada to glory, but uh, we're past that segment. So. By the way, do you know that I'm wearing a Kobe Bryant T-shirt? Because I know this could potentially be like the last podcast of this season, right? It could be the last, the second last, right, of this season. Okay. And I just want to put a stop to all that Kobe hate that you've been, all that's Kobe slander, okay? That's just been ridiculous, right? And on the back of the T-shirt, it has all the... It has all the names of, uh, you know, the, the cities where he won championships, right? Indiana, Philly, New Jersey, Orlando, Orlando Boston. Okay. All right. It's a uh, nice looking t-shirt. I mean, I, I wouldn't personally want to wear one like that, but uh, good for you. End of the Kobe slander, right? The greatest of all time. And then Devin Booker is going to carry on his legacy. All right. <laughs> yes, Devin Booker, who's very inspired by Kobe and grew up watching Kobe. Um, let, let's continue and talk about like the Suns forwards because we like yep. we talked about Milwaukee, uh, which is obviously a stacked uh, forward roster, especially yeah. with Giannis. So we got we got a uh, we got Mikael Bridges. Let's let's, let's let's lump so let's just lump it as the front court, okay? Front court. The center. Yeah, sure, so, sure. Yeah. So Some of the positions are kind of interchangeable right? anyway. Yeah. yeah, we already talked about Brook Lopez, who sometimes hangs out on the perimeter. So the Suns front court. I want you. So we got we right? got we got Bridges. We got Mr. Tory Craig, who uh, yeah. I believe was also a a Buck at some points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone put that out in the group chat. Credit to uh, yeah. If you look at the guy. if you look at the Suns roster on the Phoenix Suns website, he's there, but he's wearing the Milwaukee jersey, which is kind of funny. Mm. Um, you got you got Mr. Jay Crowder. You got long sleeves uh, Crowder, yeah. You got the baby face assassin Cameron Johnson, who uh, I think he's going to be back. I like right? him. He's like solid. Him. Yeah. He's solid, man. He's uh, he's got a good stroke, you know. Yeah. He I mean, definitely. Yeah. I would yeah. start a franchise around him as opposed to Ben Simmons. That's for fucking sure. You, you got the <laughs> only the only leftover from the process who's actually made the the NBA finals. Ah, Dario yes. Saric. Yes. The homie. That's his nickname. Why haven't they dusted off? Why haven't they dusted off Frank Kaminsky either? I don't, I don't know. Frank the Tank. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe it's matchups, or he's not healthy. But uh, his matchups probably. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. His skill set is probably redundant, right? Because they have better shooters. Yeah. And then he's probably not. He's not like a defensive ace, right? Then of course DeAndre Ayton. Mister Two Hundred Percent Field Goal. Um, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Yeah. So fine, let's have that bleed a little bit, like forward slash centers, right? Or, you know, slash front court. So who do you think has the advantage? Oh, man, this is like such a, a nuanced question because uh, we were just talking all season about how trash um, Gobert was, right? At yeah. least in our chats and on the podcast, we're comparing Gobert to Aiton. And we were like, if you told me like Aiton is better than Gobert, like at the beginning of the season, I would have thought you were crazy. Um, but you know, the reality is that Aiden's a lot more mobile, right? Um, I think Aiden can actually, uh, guard a pick and roll, uh, properly and he can go out and maybe contest, uh, threes, but I think Lopez is, and he can hit a mid range, and he can hit a mid range shot. He can hit a mid range. He doesn't, he never tries like to do too much. He never tries to do like some fucking shooting three pointers, like Dwight Howard or something. Like he's just always just like in control, gets high percentage shots. And Lopez is a monster. Like, like Lopez is not like an afterthought that that um, right. you just like give him like 
garbage points or garbage time touches like this guy you could like he's legit right he's legit and uh he is a problem so i i feel like these two guys like my cop-out answer is like they'll probably like fight to a standstill because like can one person really guard the other i think it's gonna be it's gonna be tough either way right i somehow for some i mean okay lopez can hit threes Aiton can't, but he doesn't have to because that's. And Lopez is a defensive game. monster. Like some of the blocks and like the defense, he's like Gasol. If Gasol was at, like from yeah. like ten years ago, right? Also, also he has blocks at key moments too, right? Yes, like he has some clutch blocks in Game Seven against mm-hmm. the Nets. I don't know, fucking know why the Lakers didn't like keep him. You know, yeah, Lakers should just kept him, and then you know, him, Anthony Davis, fuck man, that would be. Fucking gold. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, this fucking is this jelly. is also why like you can never say like something's dead unless you're fucking casual. Like this is a series where there's gonna be a ton of mid-range shots. There's gonna be like actual post-ups. Like so all yeah. these things that we thought were gonna be dead, like Brooke Lopez is a practitioner, uh Devin Booker and Chris Paul are practitioners of the mid-range. Chris like, Paul is the Chris Paul is the king of the mid-range right now. That's how his game has like matured and evolved. Yeah, you let him get to, to that like, spot on the right side, yeah. like it's automatic. You see, that's why I forget. Okay, good. Just going back to the guard matchups, right? Like, um, okay, in my in my view, Drew Holiday is a legit defensive ace, right? I think he's like all defensive, right? All yeah, defensive he, he is. Okay. Yeah, he did. And, but here's the thing, right? Like someone like Chris, and I'm just going off a tangent here because we're talking about the mid range. Chris Paul, like, throughout his whole career, they've always like unleashed like you know a lot of. Whoever, whatever defensive ace you have to, right, onto him. But no matter what, he still gets to his spot. He's just a genius in that way. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what you throw at Chris Paul, you know, he will still find a way, you know, to, to get it done. So, and where we disagree is that Chris Paul is an actual good, solid defender. Like, he may not look like he's a good defender. He doesn't, like, you know, contest the shot, but he'll flop and do all this shit where, like, you get an offensive yeah. foul against him. So it's like... Well, the here's the thing, thing, right? He's not playing against DeMarcus Cousins anymore, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right? DeMarcus Cousins was just... Oh, man. That's when, they, you know, like, the, the Clipper in the game six, the Clippers were in it for a bit, and then then the Suns just went on a, on a, on a killer run that just put it away, and then Cousins yeah. was on the floor, he was just a total liability and it just like was totally unplayable, you know? And uh, that's where you missed probably Zubach. And then probably it was like a mistake to, yeah, I mean, fuck man. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So going back to the, the front court, uh, who do you have as the, as the, as the advantage, the Suns or the Bucks? Talent perspective. I mean, I like the Bucks. So, you know, DeAndre Ayton could still be a beast. Like he could still make Brooke Lopez look silly. I think. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's what he's basically done. Like, because he, you know, defied my expectations against, uh, you know, the Lakers. Uh, I thought Andre Drummond could have been more of a factor, but he wasn't. He held his own, obviously, against the the MVP Jokic. And okay, against the Clippers, he wasn't. I mean, he didn't. He feasted on the Clippers because they didn't really have like a legit big to to match up with him. So. Uh, you know, again, just using the Lakers as a point of reference here, like, yeah, Aiden definitely was was legit. So that's that's like he's kind of like an X factor in my opinion. Lopez, I know you're singing his praises, but will he be like, you know, better than Anthony? I mean, Anthony Davis? No. So, <laughs> all right, I'll be like an injured Anthony Davis. It'll be entertaining, like just just 
man, I'm just I'm just loving these matchups though. Like it'll be really back and forth. I think I want the series to go long, and I want Giannis to be healthy so we can be treated to some good basketball. Because you know the theme, as some people have been saying throughout the playoffs, right? It's just the injuries, right? Trey Young, I'm sure he was crying and like throwing a hissy teenager fit, right? When he stepped on that referee's foot, and he probably petitioned the league to fire that ref. <laughs> hey man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give credit to Trey Young, man. He tried to come back on that leg. Like ultimately, oh, I yeah, think he sure. hurt his team actually yeah. playing like that. But uh, I think so too. But yeah. uh, you know, he he tried. He tried. Yeah. I'm just talking about the the the, the theme of injuries as a yes. whole, right? Just throughout this playoffs, right? Um, so how okay. like how okay, fucking how fucking lucky is Budenholzer? Maybe we can just go into like the yes, this the is coaching this is, and the uh, the schemes. This is a segue and... into my one of my favorite subtopics, right? The coaches, yeah. right? The coaches. Okay, so hey man, Budenholzer maybe gets an extension out of this, right? You can't fire him yeah. after he makes the finals, right? Of course not. No, of course not. Uh, and then actually, like his uh, his assistant coaching staff, right? They're they're getting poached right now, right? Like a lot of teams are interviewing his assistants, right? Darvin Ham and another guy, I think his name is Charles Lee. I think uh, they're up for like the Washington job right now, the Wizards job. I mean, yeah, they, I mean the lead the team the league has been making the rounds, right? Of interviewing these coaches of, on the on the Bucks coaching staff, so. It's not just Budenholzer, but you guys, you got to give credit to him, even though he looks like he's been roughed up in life, right? And a little yeah, defeated, he but he's times. finally, he's, you know, he's finally grasping at the straws and finally putting it together, clinging to, you know, clinging for his life, right? Just like yeah. his coaching life, right? Keeping the pop coaching tree alive. Although I think actually Monty Williams is actually part of that coaching tree too. Coaching tree too. Yeah. Um, so... As long as Boonholzer comes up with some good defensive schemes, right? And then he's able to mix it up every once in a while in the paint as opposed to just jack up threes all the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, they could be... And plus, the Bucks have... They've gone through the rough patches, right? Where they've gone through the failures, where they got bounced by the Heat last year. Uh, the Raptors have owned them, like, multiple years in a row. And yeah, they've gone through their their fair share of playoff failures, and so I think they're kind of due in the East. Uh, the Suns, like no one expected this. The person who has gone through his fair share of playoff failures is Chris Paul, right? And this is his chance, right? He's hungry. Uh, that stat saying that oh yeah, the only guy with Finals experience is Jay Crowder. That doesn't fucking count. Fuck you, right? Jay Crowder, <laughs> right? Devin Booker has gone through his, you know, regular season trials and. Tr- oh fuck yes! Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm just interrupting here. Montreal just won the game in overtime, uh, so they're still alive right now. Okay, so three-one uh, finals, uh, Stanley Cup finals. Yeah, Tampa Bay. Uh, correct. And then now Monty Williams. Um, do you know anything about his backstory, by the way, Monty Williams? A little bit, yeah. You want to just repeat it for listeners? He has a fantastic reputation just as a character, as a person, right? Just as a human being throughout the league, right? Yeah. Um, I think he know, dealt like, with some family tragedy, if yes, I recall. Yes, Prior to that, though, right? I mean, even when he was coach of the New Orleans Pelicans, right? I did read an article one time where, uh, if you remember, right, uh, Ryan Anderson. Uh, yes, he went through I a family that. tragedy. Yep. I think his wife died or someone important to him died. And, you know... Monty was there for him, right? And he just let him cry on his shoulders 
uh, and just stay at his house for days on end, right? And then, you know, like as a person, right? Monty Williams, like as someone that you just can't not like, you know? Mm-hmm. He's just loved throughout the league, right? He's just like a legit, awesome human being. So the human tragedy that, that he experienced was, um, you know, he's a family man and then his wife uh, died in the car crash. Uh, and in that car crash, there's also three of his kids, but they all survived, I think, but uh, his wife died. And it was just like a tragedy, right? He was obviously very depressed, right? But, uh, you know, his Christian faith and all that stuff and support around him, like brought him back to life. Uh, he got remarried, you know? Um, but yeah, just like as a human being, right? And then you saw that moment too, right? Where Chris Paul is just crying in his armpit, right? <laughs> like after making it to the finals, like he's just, you know, beloved by all. So uh, he also deserves this too, you know? Uh, he's been through his shit. And like the message that he that he, that he he left the team with uh, last year in the bubble, right? Where they went eight and no, right? But they didn't make it to the playoffs. And how he was able to just carry that into the season and make it all the way to the finals. That was important, man. Just setting the tone. Like those eight games were supposed to be sort of a throwaway, but the Suns really, uh, you know, give credit to them. They sort of carried that into this season. And I got a shout out to the, uh, we got a shout out the uh, Phoenix Suns organization, right? Just like James Jones, James Jones, uh, the GM, Uh, even Robert Sarver, the notoriously cheap owner who. Like, what does this actually say? Does it just say that, like, is it just your point? Like, they got super freaking lucky? Or is it just, like, uh, a team can be successful in spite of management and in spite of things? Or maybe management changed. I don't know what happened. But it's, like, you wouldn't think the Phoenix would have made it this far. I think James Jones was a relatively new executive. Um, he is, yes. Let me let me look him up. Uh, like, when did he get started? Because I know in the past, man? like, uh, Robert Sarver, uh, just by virtue of having a good friend who's a, a diehard Phoenix fan, like, he's been yeah. meddling in, like, yeah. all their uh, personnel team decisions all these years. But, uh, like, it seems like um, James Jones is doing a good job, right? And not no, getting... Absolutely, because, uh, like, this year... No, because, if anything, you put together um, the team. I mean, first of all, you brought on Monty Williams, right? You put around a, 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 that's why I'm saying like the bench is important, right? They have, that's why they, I feel like the bench has an advantage, right? They got, uh, okay, from the objective point of view, right? Jay Crowder, Etuan Moore, Langston Galloway, uh, Dario Saric, right? Who you mentioned earlier, okay? Yep. Uh, all the picks. Cam Johnson first, was a good right? draft, yeah. Cam good. Johnson, right? Fine, mm-hmm. even Cameron Payne, right? Yeah. Uh, Etuan Moore, Nader. I think they they had some contributions in the regular season, maybe not in the playoffs, but like they, yeah, they're on the roster. So, um, you know, like, okay. Tory so Craig. they, yeah, yeah. Tory Craig, too. Hey, man. Yeah. I mean, Mikael Bridges, picks, shout right? out to Mikael Bridges. Uh, yes. Punchable face, but also was almost going to be a sixer until they traded him for like some draft picks. He was actually yeah. drafted by Philly. Um, yeah. I read that too. Yeah. Javon Carter. Um, yeah javon carter yeah he hasn't gotten any playoff time though yeah yeah i mean he he sort of was uh like a dark horse last year right but uh yeah obviously there's uh more important players but yeah i mean it's a good roster right and uh yeah chris paul who do you think obviously. uh who do you think has the advantage so just back to the original topic right the advantage mm-hmm. of like um coaching monty versus boonholzer not as if that you and i are coaching Mon- monty Monty. Monty. I, I feel like the Phoenix has shown themselves to be quite adaptable in the playoffs, just in terms of adjusting to different teams. 
And I mean, they're just a good defensive team the whole the whole year. So, and they made something out of a campaign. So that that like that's got to count for something, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And to be honest, uh, okay, not to be honest, but um, if you think about it, like Chris Paul's like the assistant coach, right? That's also like yeah, he's a player coach. money right there, right? Yeah, that's yeah. money right there, right? Yeah. That's why, you know, you got quotes like DeAndre Ayton crediting, you know, Chris Paul, like just like the best thing that ever happened to him, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, we, so uh, should we go into predictions then? Yeah, that's exactly it. So uh, okay. what what what's your what's your pick? Do you want to do it with Giannis, without Giannis, or just, just the pick? Hold on one second. Like, I'm, I'm doing the... You checking the odds? No, I know what the odds are. I know what the odds are. What, what are the odds? I actually don't know. What are the Vegas odds? Phoenix is favored. Uh, Milwaukee, if you pick them to win the series outright, they're plus one sixty-five. Uh, I'm not sure what that means. Like, I mean, I, don't, I mean, in terms of like what Phoenix is favored at, they're probably minus two hundred. Probably, if you if for non-gamblers, essentially, like if you bet a hundred bucks, a hundred dollars on the Milwaukee Bucks to win the series outright right now, right? Then you would get paid back one hundred sixty-five dollars, so it's better than one-to-one odds. So Milwaukee right now they're underdogs. Um, I think those odds might change if um, Giannis is like confirmed that he's coming back. But actually, I, I actually feel like the Bucks are gonna win this in like six or possibly even seven. Just because of what I said earlier, like they went through their, they went enough through their trials and tribulations. They've been tested. Their road to the finals has been, has been harder in my opinion. They overcame last season's demons, right? Miami Heat. They overcame Brooklyn Nets, right? In like the true test of character. That was tough. Game seven overtime moment, right? Yep. Everyone from top to bottom, right? Including like the coaches, right? They overcame that moment, right? And then, uh, Okay, albeit they came up against like a fresh Atlanta team. They didn't right? even have to play Philly. How fucking crazy is that? Yeah. Anyway, that's it's all about luck. That I think they would beat Philly that. though. You know, now that I think about it, because Philly had they would a Doc Rivers yeah. handicap. You know, yeah. So I think that what you just said about the Suns, right, where they just made the the proper adjustments, they overcame what they needed to overcome. I felt that the, I feel that the Suns have had an easier road, mm-hmm. right, and the Bucks have overcame like many more obstacles, right. Mm-hmm. And I think when like, except the first round, I mean that wasn't really even close, right? Yeah, I mean it just it was more of like emotional, mental. Like, I think the Nets you know, thing was like the hardest matchup of any like playoff series this uh, this year, right? That was the hardest one to get through. The Suns, you know, like they're healthy; they have luck on their side, right? Let's see if like Giannis is gonna be healthy or not, but. If Giannis is healthy, who can they? Who can who? Who in the Suns can stop Giannis? Jay Crowder? No, right. Um, Chris Middleton, if he's going, who, who are they going to put on him? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you just argue, oh, Mikael Bridges, or you know, who you hate his face anyway, right? <laughs> you know, and then like Jay Crowder, God, the most overrated piece of shit ever, right? God damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell him how you really yeah. feel, Ken. Yeah. I don't know why I don't like Jay Crowder for some reason. Just like the, the fact that he wears long sleeves all the time just pisses me off, right? I, uh, I don't like him either for different reasons. I, I've never seen him make a three-point shot live on TV ever. I know he makes them, but... 
Never. It makes him win a challenge, Ashley. Unfortunately, like he when he in the closer game against the Lakers, like he was hitting them. He came back with a and he was just straight up like hitting Paul George in the face, not even hiding it. Uh, That was pretty fun too. (laughs) Yeah, he had that uh, cheap ass foul, right? I think. uh, um, Which one? (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He stuck his hand out and tripped someone. Oh, Nick Batum in uh, Game Six. The only time I felt pity for him was when AD kicked him in the nuts when uh, on that jump shot. And yeah, but that that wasn't intentional, man. That was accidental. That's that's a basketball play, right? Yeah, don't get me started. Let's go down the list. Yeah, don't, don't get, get me started, started on uh, Chris Paul Patrick kicking Beverly? his legs out and it should or be an Patrick Beverly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a good, you have a good point. So you pick Bucks in six. Uh, six or seven. Yeah. Okay. What about you? How do you feel? I'm picking the Suns in six. Yeah. I I think um, it's, it's like... I, I hear what you're saying. Like nobody can stop uh, Giannis, or probably, or even Lopez, like, or even Middleton, right? Uh, but maybe I just, if Drew is on offense, cooking an offense too, right? Who who can stop him, right? The the thing about Milwaukee is that they have these weird moments where they just can't execute offensively, and they just go into this weird drought where I don't even feel like it's the other team doing anything. They just kind of beat themselves, like taking hard shots, and I think. Um, I think they also live off the mid-range, especially when you get Holiday and Chris Middleton in there. But uh, I feel like Phoenix has got like the best defense in the league, and they're gonna they're gonna like put Milwaukee to the test, where at least they're gonna throw some interesting stuff at them. Which is why I think Milwaukee's probably gonna drop like game one or two, just because of them just not being ready and just my total and utter disdain for Budenhoser just being able to adjust. I know you said he adjusted, but have like, I have I, has my negativity throughout the our podcast season influenced you to hate Budenholzer because I keep on calling him a drunk even though I'm no No, I mean no I, I I I can I'm an independent hater. I don't take what yeah. you said and let it affect me. Like just like how you would say Kobe's the the greatest every episode and that has not affected me one bit. Right. So you can rest assured that I'm not affected by you to that degree, but I just, just regardless, um, I just think the suns are deeper. The suns are deeper. Um, I think it's going to be hard to stop the sun's backcourt. And I think the sun's backcourt can make up for them not being able to stop the, the bucks front court. So, um, it's team basketball, man. At the end of the day, it's team basketball. You're going, you're going seven game series. I think this could go seven, maybe not six, but seven. Um, and honestly, there's a part of me that just kind of wants Chris Paul to win the title. Like, can I just say oh, that? Yeah. Like, I just kind of no, like no, me too. Like, I, I, totally I don't, agree I don't really you. have that much stake in either team, to be honest. Like, of yeah. course, I'm happy I picked the Bucks to make the finals, and they did right um, yeah. because everyone was saying like Brooklyn was going to make the finals, but I didn't believe that. And that was the one thing I got right. But um, I, I kind of just say like, if, if I don't have any stake in either team, I'd rather have the older guy win it. And Chris Paul's like never made the finals in 16 seasons. Um, it would kind of be nice for him to win, even though it's only the casuals to talk about how he's not a, a all-time great player. Cause he hasn't won a title. I don't believe that, but um, give it to Chris Paul. That's what I say. I would be happy with either team, honestly, because, yeah, Chris Paul, I want him to get to the ring. But at the same time, I think Giannis is a great guy. He's a great, you know, two-time MVP. And yeah, I mean, great if he the won league, the you know? title, that would also mean so much, right? Yeah, I think uh, he deserves one too, you know. He's been through his trials and tribulations and failures. And 
plus to come back like from a uh, hyperextended knee, like the way he has, right. If he's able to play, right. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Uh, give me your take on finals MVP prediction. Finals MVP prediction. I think I'm going to go with Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Okay. Yeah. The elder statesman, you know, kind of like how Iguodala winning it, winning finals MVP or whatever, <laughs> like Chris Paul, baby. I, I'm I on the Chris Paul. That. I mean, now that I think more and more about it, like Iguodala, Oh my god! I know. I'm just like throwing out these random things that I remember from my brain. No, 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 no. no. Like, but I, I mean, you. I, I'm I'm really happy that you brought that up, though, right? Yeah. Right. It just goes to oh, show, like yeah. anybody can win that award if you are yeah. actually the best, most important. I feel player. that that was a mistake. Like, just like, oh man, just like man, because that's just your one job, right? Like, you just hit some open threes, and then you're playing, and then you just gotta put some defense on on LeBron, who plays like basically 45 minutes out of 48 minutes a game. More right. like 48 out of 48, yeah. Yeah, right? And it's not as if, like, Iguodala is the only person who matches up against This is where you're going right? to say, yeah, Iguodala got one nice chase down block and they make him the finals MVP, right? Right. And like, it's not as if, like, oh, it's just Iggy matching up against LeBron the whole time, right? Like, they take turns, right, rotating, right? Whether it's, like, fucking uh, Harrison Barnes or, or Draymond, probably, right? Harrison yeah, give it to Jay Crowder. Just kidding. I'll give it to Chris Paul. So who's your finals MVP? Uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. If uh, the Suns win, I'm going to say Devin Booker. <laughs> if, yeah. But if um, if the Bucks win, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm giving you a really non-committal bad answer here. I was about to say if Giannis is healthy, then Giannis. But I actually, I would I would put odds, right? I think the odds would be good, actually, for Chris Middleton. Oh, to, uh, okay. To put potential, if the Bucks win and pull it out, because... He's their closer. He's honestly. He's going to have to play real good for them to win the series, right? But he can, like, and he's had those big games. You know, he's their true closer, right? Mm -hmm. And Giannis knows his role in the offense, right? In crunch time, he's not. He's not going to. He's not going to shoot. Take that last shot. It's going to be Middleton. He knows his role. He's a first, second, third quarter player. I'm talking about Giannis here. But when it comes to like, you know, you need like the big shots, and then you need like a shot creator, someone who can create his own shot. Right? It's going to be Middleton, in my opinion. So, no, that's, that's a solid my, pick. Yeah, I would say that if the, um, this is kind of building on what you said, but like if the Bucks were to win the series, because the Finals MVP is only going to go to the winning team, right? So if the yeah. Bucks were to win the series, I might actually choose Holiday, because like for them to win, I he would have to do a, a decent job defensively, like Iggy did on a uh, Booker and Paul, right? So. That's like that'll be underappreciated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dark horse pick. You know what? Just so, just you know, for uh, for your uh, peace of mind and comfort here, let me just look up these uh, the odds right now for. Uh, okay, so odds right now. So actually, Chris Paul. So I'm talking about uh, betting odds here of who's going to win the Finals MVP. Uh, Chris Paul is first. And he has the best odds at plus one sixty. Second is Devin Booker at plus 250. Uh, so the lower the number, like the higher the odds, like the higher the probability of winning the MVP. This is how Vegas has rated it. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Giannis is third at plus 375. Chris Middleton is at plus 550. So if you lay down 100 bucks, $100, and then Chris Middleton wins, then you get like 550 bucks in winnings. Drew Holiday. That's not bad. I mean, yeah, it might be worth a bet. Drew right? Holiday actually is number five. If he wins Finals MVP, that's a plus twelve hundred. So a hundred dollar bet 
would win you twelve hundred dollars. Who makes these uh these odds anyways? I feel like you and I maybe we could get a have a start a career like being a Vegas odds maker for the NBA, right? Because I feel like I, I, I didn't so, even no. we didn't even look at these odds and we were like basically on the on the same page, right? Yeah. Yeah, how how does that work? Is can we do like a deep dive episode in the future on how that works or like find somebody who knows how that works? Cause like this is like it's interesting, right? As someone who has uh, you know, bet on sports and gambled, like it's like it's a fool's it's a fool's errand because like, so it's just you know, they just threw it out of, out of someone's. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is like for because I would give you my take, right? And I'm sure anyone else who listens to this podcast who also bets on sports or gambles and anything, right? If they're a true veteran, they would know that we're just amateurs because these odds makers, yeah, are so good. They're just experts. They're just so good, and they have like I know, but who are they? Are they like they're like hardcore like guys NBA like Bob Volgaris of the Dallas Mavericks probably right? But then like he's on the other side right where he bets against the odds makers. But these right. odds makers right? These guys are like this is like their full time thing right? And they're like they have like hard drives worth of stats and they have all the algorithms and stuff like like how they set the odds, how they set the lines and the spreads is just amazing right? It's just like so ridiculous you know. Yeah, you say that, but I mean, nobody bats a hundred. Nobody shoots hundred percent for this kind of thing either, right? No, of course not. But then, like, they 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 they're, they're thinking about it in the long run, right? So, just as long as they're better than fifty fifty, right? Yeah, you know. I'm I, hey, I'm money. not I'm not saying that I'm better than these guys. I'm just saying this whole yeah. like, how do they make these odds is really fascinating because I know nothing about it, and I would love. How about to this? Know. How about this? If you put a hundred dollars on Cameron Payne to win the finals at MVP, do you know how much that would make you? Like twenty grand or something. Yes, exactly. Twenty grand. See, That's how did I know odds. this? Like, <laughs> I should be the, I should be an odds maker. Like, seriously, I just threw yeah. this number out of my ass. Right? Do you wanna? Do you wanna? Do you wanna pull? You wanna pool a hundred dollars on Cameron Payne right now? Is it's a twenty thousand dollar payout if he wins the finals MVP? <laughs> why don't we just put it all on red? Like, why don't we just like go to the casino, like roll some dice, and like maybe I'll get snake eyes, and then that will be a higher chance, like snake eyes three times, and I'll be higher odds than Cameron Payne winning the finals oh, MVP. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, just since we're on the topic, right? Yeah, so I was correct, right? Phoenix is minus 200 to win the finals. Bucks is plus 170. Total number of games in the series. Uh, no, this is not exciting. When will the series finish? Yeah. Okay, so you can bet on games that four, five, six, or seven. So I, I, I'm putting my money on like uh, my literal and figurative money on uh, it'll go six or seven games. Yeah. Okay. The odds makers are also smart. So if you bet money on both of those, right, mm-hmm. like you're really not going to make much for profit because like the odds of it going to game six or seven are exactly the same, plus 200. Okay. So like, yeah, there. And then game five it finishing in five games is plus 240 only so game four a clean sweep would be plus 600 so yeah i mean the odds makers are putting this at game six or seven so this is the close one they think all right i don't know what kind of secret you know spreadsheet they have but uh we seem to be arriving at some uh, similar conclusions okay one final secret actually about sports betting is actually not about probability about you know who they're predicting Actually, all they care about is just setting the odds at just the right number so that no matter what, they are going to come out ahead. So that way, like, that's why they take a little bit of, like, juice on, like, bets, right? Let's just say on the spreads. Yep. So all they want to do is just make sure that the way they set the odds is that that way uh, side A 
and side B will receive the same number of bets. And then they win on the spread, right? By the like juice or, or slash commission or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So actually they have no, they, they don't care about. Sure. Like, I mean, the house has so to win in the end. Right? They just want to make sure that the equal amount of money is on either proposition. Okay. If it's just like a A or B type test. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. All right. So before we become a, a full blown, uh, I think at one point we're gonna we were gonna become an NFT podcast. At, at the risk yeah. of becoming a full blown gambling podcast, before we go, is there any final items or shout outs or anything you want to cover that we did not? Let me think. It's hard now. I mean, we can't even hate on players and coaches because they're all out, right? I don't want to end this podcast on just like a whole off-season tirade of just like you know coaches and what the Lakers should do. Um, yeah, I can say. Hey, that. shout out though! Shout out though to uh, to Nate McMillan. You know, deservedly get a coaching extension for four years. You know, bringing the Hawks to you know uncharted territory. Good mm-hmm. for Nate McMillan. Um, yeah, a lot of coaching vacancies, which we still haven't touched on through previous podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with the New Orleans Pelicans, we gotta we gotta do that, man. Luke Walton's job—it's up for the take, up for grabs. Anybody? No, can No, it's take not. It. It's ridiculous why it isn't, right? Um, he still has a job. I don't know why, right? Jason Kidd deserves that. I mean, I like Jason Kidd. Uh, you know, as the Mavs coach, Chauncey Billups says the Portland coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indiana, they haven't. I don't think they've announced a coach yet. Oh no, no, Rick, Rick Carlisle. Yeah, yeah, Carlo. So we're gonna favorite. save the we're gonna save the coaching deep dives, I guess, for uh, a future upcoming episode. Yep, I think this is a good place to end it because um, you know I don't want to get into another tirade of just like you know the modern era versus like <laughs> the old the nineties basketball. Or we can whatever. put that into the Kobe episode, which is gonna happen, I'm sure. Um, I'll <laughs> give one last. Uh, accolade or props uh like props and slops no slops anymore but just props uh shout out to trey young i know you don't like him probably as much as i do but i'm i'm the biggest trey young fan right now he is going to make a lot of teams reevaluate what it means to have a small man that doesn't guard anybody but actually is able to make a deep run in the playoffs and shout out to him for that killer floater game which uh he has mastered he has absolutely mastered. And I think Alana is going to come back with a vengeance. Uh, I think he will be a very good player for years to come. I agree with you 100% from a basketball perspective. My only hate directed towards him is really just like making fun of him because of his prepubescent voice. That's it. That's true. He sounds like a 12-year-old. Yeah. But as a player, he had no fear. He is tough. He, he was up for the moment. He stepped up for the moment, right? He thrived in those hostile crowds and environments, right? In New York... Uh, who did they beat in the second round? I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, I mean, they beat the, the, Sixers, the Sixers. Sixers. The Sixers, yeah. I mean, hostile environments, right? And if 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 Trey didn't get injured, you know, I, was, I mean, I think they could have beaten the Bucks. They could have, right? They absolutely yeah. could have beaten the Bucks. Shout out to the entire Atlanta squad for just, yeah. like, rolling, man. They were just rolling. Yeah. So... You know, like whoever wins this, uh, the finals, uh, congratulations to them. And, you know, I hope that next season all the players get the rest that they need and everyone comes back healthy and we get like a full, you know, a full healthy with all the stars present, right? Like a full NBA season where, you know, you can, we can witness like a true clash of the Titans, right? 
whether it's like Kawhi or PG, LeBron, AD, KD, Harden, Kyrie, uh, you know, even you can make an argument for the Celtics, right? No Jalen Brown. That sucked. Hey, man, let's see uh, Clay Thompson come back. I want him to come back. Yes. GSW. Hell yeah. You know, Clay Thompson, Steph, uh, Draymond, you know. Yeah, a lot of storylines yeah. here. It's going to be a fun one. Season. It's going to be hard for either of these teams to repeat. But uh, yeah, hopefully next season will be more uh, yeah, uh, more talent-based, right? But good luck to both. Either uh, good luck to both the Bucks and the Suns. Hopefully no one else gets injured. We get a, we get a healthy, productive, uh, entertaining series that goes long as competitive. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see blowouts. I don't want to see blowouts because, you know, that's why I kind of lost interest in some of the conference finals, especially yeah. these, because there's just yeah. too many blowouts, right? Yeah, you see, like, the team win by 30 or 25 or something. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, let's hope for a competitive series. Um, I guess this is a good time to sign off. Thank you for listening to Episode 8 of the Mashup NBA Podcast with Ken and James. All right, signing off. Thank you for listening.